Welcome back to Taking Care of Business, the podcast by Allsop and Allsop, the leading real estate brokerage in Dubai. I'm joined today by John Travolta, also Hello. known as Paul Kelly. He's got very big collars today. <laughs> and also Paul is our operations director. And also I'm joined by Jess Stevenson. She is the head honcho, Mrs. Legal. She's our head of sales progression. That's me, indeed. Welcome, Jess. Thanks for having me today. And welcome aboard. And welcome back, Paul. Thank you. Um, so today, obviously, our topic, we're talking about uh, the trials and tribulations of buying a house in real estate. Lots of uh, bumpy roads and pitfalls and lots of things you've got to do to, to get actually in, in, in the property. So we brought Jess in today to talk about what it's like, what you have to do, um, some of the things that perhaps you may be, you may be <laughs> to be prepared for to, but when you're buying a house, but also just give you a little bit of insight of some of the things we've found this year um, the first six, well, five, six months into, into Dubai and what's actually been happening. So yeah. I guess, Jess, before we do that, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us about your star sign, your <laughs> favourite movie, stuff like that. Um, well, I've actually been with you guys. I was just thinking earlier this week. Too we long. Ate, yeah, too long. I think about eight years now um, I've been been in Dubai with, with All Stuff and All Stuff, but I'm originally from Newcastle. Um, yeah, and I've spent my good years here yeah. so far. In the, your peak. The 20s, yeah. now we're going into the early 30s. The best years of my life have been here. Um, but yeah, a favourite movie, I've watched Donnie Darko about 200 times. Oh, wow, big movie, weird one. big movie. But your yeah. background from the UK was yeah. legal? Um, yeah, yeah, so legal real estate. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I suppose we call it estate agency back at home, yeah. don't we? Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get into so quickly calling it real estate. But you yeah, do, and, you, and here you've done probably every bit of the job in, in, oh, in real estate. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I have had the tour of of jobs in all stuff and all stuff. I think the only thing I've not done is made the tea. That's not because you're not very good though. It's because you are good and you do it. You've done everything. Yeah, no, I have experience. I think um, from the sales team, um, leasing. I remember we had a magazine yes. that I wrote yes. for yeah. you. Yes. Um, we did that for God knows how long. We did that for. It was Maybe. very good. Three, three, six, seven. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I absolutely loved writing that, and I do still. Um, I still like to keep in with, um, yeah, that creative side, I suppose. So tell us about what you do today, because you know, sales progression, the legal side of things. People, a lot of people when they buy a house, they might just think, well, you buy a house, and you know, give the guy the, the seller his money, and you know, you should better move in in three, yeah. four, four weeks. And I, I, ideally, that's the, the perfect scenario, but. Tell us a little bit about what you know what you do in your role. So the sales progression team, first and foremost, how many people work in the sales? Um, I think we're headcounts thirteen at the moment. So thirteen now legal team that are responsible for getting. Yeah, I know. All it's, of the sales team. It's a big team. Absolutely, absolutely. And what just for people listening and watching who might not know, what is sales progression? So it's the the part of the tra sales transaction after you've signed your MOU or your contract. So you've done all the fun part, you've picked the property. You've gone through the negotiation stage with with your broker, with the seller, with the buyer, and then that's the point where you've agreed the price, what date you want to move in, what kind of sales it's going to be, and then it, it actually has to go to the the legal part where we are going to transfer this property from the seller over to the buyer, and that is the process that that we we control there. So that's what the team are in charge of. So again, I come back to it. You know, it it sounds so simple, but I, me personally, yeah. it's, I said yesterday in a manager's meeting that the sales progression team probably have the most thankless job and the most, um, I guess, underappreciated job, not just from 
from maybe maybe our teams, but also clients as well. The amount of work that goes in because uh, mm. you're dealing with so many different entities. You know, yeah, you're dealing absolutely. with government, you're dealing with different developers. Some are perhaps more advanced than others in terms of their processes. So yeah, it'd be really good just to kind of give everyone an idea of some of the things you have to go through. So you've done all the negotiations. What do your team do from the moment? I think that's really the starting point for me. So where I think a lot of people will think that's that's it. Let's just go and transfer it, right? You know, we've we've signed the contract. Let's just go and get it done. Unfortunately, it's not quite that simple. So there is um, quite a drawn out process, to be honest, that we have to follow. Um, and that is set by, by entities like the banks, the government, the developers. So we follow these processes. Um, now, some of them are could do with some improvement um, and we're really there to get to navigate through that. Those very steps. diplomatic. Yeah. Um, very diplomatic. <laughs> um, yeah, diplomacy is, yeah. is a key skill in the uh, in sales progression, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, certainly um, there can be pitfalls and it's so easy to fall into them if you're just not experienced really with with dealing with it. And the reason we, we operate with the, the sales progression team are so specialist is they have so much experience. If you think about it, they are doing it day in, day out with the same developers, same banks, and they're well connected and they become experienced and, and see, they foresee the um, any pitfalls coming up. And I think the way, the way I always look at it is once that deal is actually signed and you've agreed to buy the property, as I say that for me, that's the first part of the part of the job, but it's a project afterwards and it's a project that needs managing. Any other, if you had, if you're doing a refurb on your house, You'd have a project manager and there there are so many different elements to come together and that needs managing and, and that's that's really the essence of what what the sales progression team are there for so what was what's what's the biggest pitfall what's the biggest bit of advice we can give someone because again we're, we're there to help that's our job to go through the steps yeah. but at the end of the day when someone buys a house it is a little bit of a partnership as well where we need mm-hmm. input from that buyer or seller to kind of help us as well as, as help guide them what would yeah. you say one of the biggest takeaway would be to help someone? For me at the moment, it's it's buyers getting their mortgage in place at early days. So that means for me, before you're signing a contract, making sure that you've already gone through your pre-approval with your bank, um, making sure that you've you know got all of your ducks in order so that once you've signed that, you are ready to go. Um, that's one of the, the major pitfalls. What, that why I is see. that really important though? Because can't can I let can I just do it when I sign the contract? Surely it can be done in a few that's days. That's what a lot of people say, isn't it? Yeah. That's they to it. sign the contract yeah. and say then I sort my mortgage. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I totally get that that idea that I can just sign this and we'll sort it all out later. Because I've got a relationship with time. my bank or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's the time that it takes. And the banks are they don't have as many staff as they used to. Um, just after the the COVID pandemic, but the demand has come back so strong after after COVID that these banks who have you know reduced their numbers are now seeing huge increase in demand for mortgages, and their sales teams just simply can't can't handle the volume of cases coming through. So approvals so, at the moment we're finding what week sometimes maybe a little bit less. I, I possibly say a more, bit longer. A bit longer. Yeah, yeah, so anywhere between seven and ten days. So again, anyone buying. A property, you've got to factor that in. All of a sudden, you sign a contract. Yeah. Typically, a contract might be what two, three months, maybe, maybe a little bit longer. Exactly. And I think what some people um, miss when they're looking at this is that there is there's the buyer side of the contract to finish, which is get to the point of your having your final mortgage approval in place. And people will look at the contract and think, look, I've got all of this time to do this, but there is actually a whole other side to the process in that we've still got to complete all of the seller's work after the buyer's work is in place. 
So it's not about sort of what, using just that, like that space. kind of elaborate on that. What what does the sell have to do? Because normally sell surely just kicks back and says, "Wait to get the money." Yeah, where's the yeah. money? Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't yeah, it? Would be I'm very just, nice. I'm sitting here. I'll just wait for my check. Wait for the call. It's in your bank account. Um, there is still activity to be done from the seller's side. So once the buyer's mortgage is in place, most sellers will have you'll find will have mortgages in Dubai now. We're in that that cycle that um, a lot the majority of people that I find do have a mortgage on the property. So part of the process is the buyer's bank. So with your funds from your mortgage, say Carl, you're buying from Paul, will use your funds from your mortgage and clear off Paul's mortgage. And that will take time. And then we'll have a period of around two, three weeks where we're actually waiting for that clearance to come through and we can go on to the next step, which would be NOC from developer okay. after that. So there's right. still work to do. Once you've got your mortgage in place, that's when we can move on with the seller side. I think people forget that there's some work to be done as well on the other side. Okay. So definitely a good one to to think about when you're when you're as, as a buyer especially. I've bought multiple properties in Dubai and my God, bearing in mind I do this job for a living, I've doing, been doing it nearly 20 years. Had I not worked with a sales progressor, I think I think I would be probably have have no hair or be very grey. <laughs> yeah, um it would exactly. certainly age me because you're having to deal with so many different parts of it, whereas you know, you guys you get on and do everything, whether it's speaking yeah. to banks, whether it's speaking to surveyors, whether it's speaking to um, you know, the other side of the part the, the deal, and it's just it just makes things so much easier. But relationships as well, because anecdotally, so many times I speak to one of the sales progression team about the day, like, how's your day been? And they'll say, Oh, thank God Mohammed was there, thank God Manoj was there today because <laughs> they pushed it through for more, they managed to get it done and if you've not got those relationships, then you're not getting anywhere on that particular day. And then the, the process again goes on another one or two weeks, headaches, stress, strains. Yeah. Like, so just, if someone's got a final offer letter and it's running out that day and you, you don't um, you don't clear the liability. And sometimes it is that relationship that allows you to clear the liability. That's another two or three weeks on the process. Again, to get another final offer letter, to get another liability letter, et cetera, et cetera. So for me, just from talking to the team, the relationships they've got is, absolutely crucial yeah absolutely they build them over over a number of years really um the all of the team are i think the sort of three five six years in, in sales progression with us so they've got really good relationships and it's the volume they deal with at any one time yeah. we're talking hundreds of cases absolutely that we're and, dealing with and the clients you know they've got you have jobs you know as a buyer and seller you want to be doing you've got already got a full-time job you don't want to be also looking at well where is this at what do i need to get there do i need to run into the developer's office and chase them no we've got somebody actually who who is already sat there for you so and i guess from a real estate time, agent's perspective obviously we talk about the, the benefits of clients but you know, from, from my point of view i don't want our agents in our business sitting somewhere potentially for three four hours in the morning when you know typically real estate agents aren't perhaps the best mm -hmm. uh how can i put it not administrators it's the wrong word but in terms of no, it's, account it's, management yeah. um so you want your best people doing the best things and that's that's our viewpoint. Yeah, 100%. We had to do it. So, it's, so when I first joined Allsop and Allsop, this 11 years ago, so it's a very different animal to what it is today. We had to do, for the first six months I was here, our own conveyance. And you're having to work out all the calculations for rent return, for this, the purchase price deposit. And an agent's not cut out to make those kind of calculations or to, yeah. if, if that's in the hands of an agent, you're not in the best place to make sure that all the money, that's just one example, all the money's going to, where it should be going, but the whole process. Well, the vast majority of our team as well have either come from a property background or legal background. So yeah. I have utmost confidence that you know, the people dealing with these cases are 
very, very, very good. Yeah, absolutely. And you see them, you know, I see them at, I'll walk into a trustee office and there'll be five or six of them there. And you can, you can just tell that they're, you know, they have really good relationships. And it, as you say, Paul, it, it is that difference between does our transfer get done today or somebody else's? Yeah. And that's kind of what it comes down to. So we talked about our, our, our sales progression team and obviously there's, we've got a real good team. We know how to get things done. But this year has been mad. It certainly it's has. It's been mad. Like if it you, This time last year, had you told me this would happen, obviously we started seeing things happening after lockdown, but had you told me things would be like this now in terms of the activity this year, I think the first five months this year of, I think every single yeah. real estate company in Dubai have reported huge uplifting activity. But obviously that doesn't just play a part in sales happening. These sales have to go through. So, yeah. you know, I'd like to know some of the experiences you found over the last five months of this crazy uh, rush and surge. I mean, firstly, why do you think that's happened? Mm -hmm. Who's buying? And then uh, how have you found actually getting deals through with always added pressure? Yeah, well, it's fantastic, firstly, for the market, the team and, and the business and anyone involved in real estate in, in Dubai, really. But I think the reason why it's happened is that people have so much confidence at the moment. I think it was really the approach that Dubai took with dealing with the pandemic, which was was really scary, especially set in lockdown. As you say, last year, would you have said, would I be sitting here with this volume of cases and, and the size of the team? It was just, you know, a really, you just couldn't imagine it when, while you were sat there. But for me, I'm seeing a huge amount of people coming in from Europe, coming in um, from the US. And I think what people ha are seeing is how well Dubai handled this. And these people that I'm seeing a lot of are more and more of the high net worth individuals who are looking at, can I have a base where I'm actually mobile, where the country can still function through a global pandemic? And that's really been a huge appeal for people. They've been you know, stuck in, in France or Germany or the UK or any of the, the countries that have been in serious lockdowns for very, very extended periods. And Dubai, you know, they took that decision and yes, we had about three months, I think, where nobody came in or out, but it was the right decision, you know, and and it made Dubai, we've been able to bounce back so much quicker. And I think those people are able to look at a place and that's somewhere that's got a three hour time difference to Europe. I can be back in seven hours, you know, I, I can function from there. It's, and the remote working idea of it and being able to, you know, jump on a plane and get here and be like, look, if, if anything happens, I can function. I can run my whole business operation globally from here. I think that's been a huge appeal. People have, have it's instilled a lot of confidence, I think. And obviously allowing 100% ownership of businesses, yeah. that, yeah, that categorization. Yeah, and I saw the, the visa where you can, um, what are they calling them? I think that the buzzword is like digital nomads. Yes, where yeah, they can, that's true. Um, you can move, and I think time zone wise, you know, as I say, it's it's a great place to be um, on that line that you can. Do you think a factor in is the, the the mortgages as well? Because obviously you talk about a huge increase in mortgages and people having mortgages, but yeah, do you think obviously last year that the the government allowing people to put less money down, so the so obviously loan to value is increasing. Yeah, so you're seeing this influx of people coming in from Europe, which I've, I've certainly not seen it on this kind of scale before. Um, but also the people that have been living in Dubai, living in Dubai for five, six years, they've been traditionally renting, not too sure, you know, do I buy, do I not? Being able to lend that 80% loan to value, that increase, 
and and also again seeing how the place has bounced back the people that like it people like myself who've lived here for a long time and then you're seeing actually this is a good place to invest because it's worked you know the place is functioning and i think that's a key thing because a lot of the time in the past people will think i'm moving to dubai i'm going to save a house deposit maybe i'm going to live in dubai and invest in properties but i'm going to invest in my home country but mm. i think it is the decisive and visionary leadership that dubai shown over the last 12 months has shown people that this is a good place to be and rather than investing in the home country maybe they will invest that's in that's exactly what's happening it's happening to so many so many um clients that i that i meet and they were thinking about oh well, we've always lived in an apartment um, and then I was always thinking of saving to buy buy back at home and move back. And they've just gone, no, do you know what? I'm buying the villa here and we're going to live here. And I think there's been a huge shift of that. People who've been renting for a long time so, and moving but into But you've been your own personal experience, you know, yourself, you've got on the ladder. Yeah, exactly. Well done, you. Even myself. Yes. So I was one of those people yeah. who was, yes, let's save, let's buy the house at home. And then the more I thought about it, the less it made any sense. Yeah. You know, it's... This is such a Dubai for me. It just is such a still evolving place, yeah. um, and the investment opportunity. And yeah, I was I'm delighted. I mean, I I managed to buy something just after um, the. A, a lot of people don't yeah. know Jess, obviously, but I hope you don't mind me saying this. I would say you are quite a large procrastinator on decisions <laughs> at How times. Did, hang, on a, hang on a second. Excuse true. me. You can talk as well. You put things off. Do you not remember when I was buying yeah. a car? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, so. I was in Dubai, rented a car for a couple of months, yeah. um, and I, I remember one of my clients owned like a car rental business, and he said, "How long have you been renting your car for?" I said, "About eighteen months." He said, "You know that you've just paid off that car like this oh, month." Oh God! Don't. And that's when I went and bought a car. Oh my God! That, that <laughs> this hurts. was years ago. <laughs> but that analogy it rings true of people buying houses and renting yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. Someone yeah. was living living somewhere for. I think six, seven years, and someone, uh, I don't know who it was, it was a client or a friend of a friend, and they said, oh, you realise that you probably would have paid for 60, 70% of the house in the time you've been renting it. And it's just like, I think that, again, we talk talk about people realising now for the pandemic, however long it goes on, for, whether it's we're here for another year, two years, whatever it might be, I think people think, do you know what? Um, why go back, go back to somewhere where mm. things could, could close down yeah. again? I guess j- just in terms of before we wrap up, are there any like highline things you want to share? Highlight, highline, highline things you want to share with people in regards to sales progression? Any top tips or anything? Any experiences you've seen over the last few months? No, I mean top tips. I'd just go back to what Jess said. I'd ask your agent to whether you're buying through Allsop and Allsop or not Allsop and Allsop. Ask your agent to educate you on the process because the exciting part is doing viewings, negotiating, and you get your offer accepted and you're on cloud nine, but you need to know what comes after that as well because and again going back to the mortgage point there's no point in getting your offer accepted if then you sign a contract and you find out subsequently you can't lend as much as you thought you could or you don't meet a certain requirement so it's it's just learning learning through the process and highline figures i mean last week we had our record ever transfers we feels like months and months having our record ever so it's transfers. the most amount of uh, people moved into homes actually completed deals last week in ever ever in, in our history yeah, business absolutely. i mean we're as a company we're on a point where we're a real estate company so we we set we, we there's a lot of there's, there's a lot to the business but primarily we, we sell and lease properties we're now in a position where we're having to think do we need a separate office just for our legal team to transfer properties <laughs> so i think that that's testament to to how the market is and how Dubai is and how we are as a business and we just increased the team size haven't we by I know. a couple more because it is yeah. so busy which is great it's, it's needed and it, yeah it's fantastic to be in that position 
Yeah, all good. Any top tips for me before we go? Any do's and don'ts to avoid? Obviously, we talked about mortgages. Anything else we can, you need to advise people to do? Do you know what I would do? I think any anything that you do in Dubai, make sure you keep a record of all of your documents. So I would say- What, digitally or? Digitally, yeah. make sure that you are, you get yourself a cloud and you are uploading everything that you get because you will need, you will need, you know, a lot of- We love the drive, very don't we? Document we love heavy. the Google I Drive. I love the drive. Yeah. Here's one drive more changed my life. Yeah. I'm if sad you're... as that. <laughs> A property owner in Dubai, make sure your contact details are updated with the land department. Yes. Very true. Very, very, very good. Maybe. Why is that important? So, which this is a very, very good move from the land department in terms of digitalizing the process, but there's something we call, uh, called a unified form F, which has been introduced over the, the last few the last few weeks, which rather than traditionally, we've always signed MOUs and then we've had the form Fs for, for a few years now and copies would be sent to buyers and sellers. They'd, either you'd meet them and they'd sign or they'd electronically sign and scan and send back to you. Now the land department are changing the process and it's called a unified form F. So it's, it's all done digitally. It's all done through mobile phone and email communication. But if a seller's details aren't updated at the land department to, in order to receive the, the SMS communication, that causes delays in the, in the transaction. And also that's, it, it's getting easier now, but it's not, it, it's not like a two minute job just to change your phone number. So if you're thinking of selling your property, Make sure your ducks in line from, from that point of view as well. How do they do that? How do they update the system? Is there a, a, an app they can use? Yeah, you can try it on the Dubai REST app. Yeah. But if none of your details are right, so if they don't have your right phone number or email address, or maybe you left the country and you don't have those details anymore, then you can also email them at support at ires.ae. Okay. Um, you can also get in touch with the land department that way. It's a little plug for the land department there, isn't yeah. it? Advertising for them. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you very much for, for coming back, coming in this week and sharing the sales progression tips. It is a very um, daunting job buying a house anywhere, no, not just Dubai. And what I would say to anyone doing it is uh, be brave and buy a house. I think for, for anyone having assets, having investments is a very, very good thing. But if you are doing that, ensure you have the proper advice. You speak to right, the right people around you. Again, whether it's with or without all sip and all sup, whether it's having a good legal expert, really good mortgage team to make sure you're handheld throughout the, the, the bumpy road that is buying a house. and ultimately your experience is a good one but uh, from me guys thank you very much thank you we'll see you next week Thanks, bye guys. bye